0: Welcome to the Wind Up, a Pitch podcast. This is the first episode. I am your host, Aaron Thompson, and I'm going to talk to you about the new show on Fox called Pitch, starring Kylie Bunbury. So we start off in episode one, hotel room looking Petco Park in San Diego. Now, Jenny Baker is played by Kylie Bunbury. She's waking up, surrounded by flowers and a ton of nectarines. It's like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen someone give somebody else as a congratulations present. And one of the notes is from Ellen DeGeneres saying, Dear Jenny, because I know you love your nectarines, you're an inspiration to us all. Then it zooms in another one from Hillary Clinton saying, Dear Jenny, Bill and I couldn't be rooting for you more. And of course, on a more personal level, I'm a little partial to someone trying to be the first woman to do something. Now, just with those two notes in the first 35 seconds of this show, it's, it says how serious this moment is. Now, first time ever since 1869 when the first pro baseball team was founded, a woman is going to be a starting player and a starting pitcher. Now, no woman, almost 150 years of Major League Baseball has done what Jenny Baker is about to do. And all these presents and everything else, it like really drives in the point. Now, what I really find interesting in this first scene is that you never see Jenny's face when she's getting ready. Now, that gives me the kind of message that it could be anyone. In real life, it could be any girl that works her ass off to get to this point, to be that inspiration to all the girls around the country and even the world. And Jenny knows how much it means, but it's game day, so it's business as usual for the pitcher, ignoring all the TVs in the hotel because they're all talking about her because it's such a huge moment in history, in sports history. Uh, It's not until her agent, Amelia Slater, played by Allie Larder, Tells her that they're going another way than they had initially planned. And she breaks out of that zone for just a second because it's not this, okay, this is a plan, this is a plan. They're deviating a little bit. And then it's a little lapse of focus because they're walking through the kitchen to get to the back of this hotel. And there's a worker in the kitchen. She stops, tries to sign an autograph. And Amelia's like, no, we can't do it. We gotta go. And this whole time, she has this like pro player swagger in her walk. And it's like there's always two kinds of baseball players that I always saw. It was either the ones that were like, oh, I'm a baseball player, I'm better than everybody. Or ones that like knew that they were good, but they had it in their walk. They didn't have to straight up say it. And it's that swagger that Kylie Bunbury perfected. That is right on the edge where it's really good, and she knows she's good, but she doesn't have to tell you. No, it isn't until she's in the car going to Petco Park that her focus breaks a little bit. Her social media guy is saying he's she's like Elvis. She's so amazing, everything, and the TV in the car is talking about how she spent the last five years in the Padre system. It's like, her, she doesn't have a good fastball. It's topped out at 88 miles per hour. But she has all these pitches and, like, her famous screwball. And Amelia is like, hey, it's okay. It's the same as every other game. It's just a little bigger. Now, when Jenny finally says she's been ready her whole life for this moment, we get the first flashback. So we go to her hometown, Tarboro, North Carolina, in 1995. So she's about three years old. Her dad... And played by Mike Beach as Bill Baker. He's trying to teach his son how to hit, trying to raise the ball player, because he was a minor league player. And the son runs back in the house. He's like, no, I don't want to play. <laughs> then Jenny grabs the ball, and you know, like, little three-year-old girl. You're like, oh, it's so cute. That's the typical reaction. And he's like, okay, yeah, throw it just like this. And he's probably no more than five, six feet away from her. And she just... N- brams it across the yard and he's like well, shit. this girl can actually throw now we go back to the present day and the Padres GM Oscar Aguila played by Mark Consuelos he gets Jenny from the car and he's talking about how their website crashed when they announced her start fans have been lining up at the stadium and he's like oh are you nervous and she's like no she's a ball player She's it's just another day at the office and he's like well Oh, that makes one of us. And that is probably the worst thing to say to somebody. Like, for me, I hate speeches. I hate standing up in front of 50, 60 people or more talking about something. And I will get up to that point where right when I say the first couple of words, I'm good. I'm ready to go. But if somebody says, oh, I'm super nervous, that's just going to make me more nervous. And like situations like this where you're about to play in front of over 40,000 people and you're the first person in 150 years to do something, it's probably not a good idea to say that to who you're talking to. Now, in the stadium, you get to meet the owner of the Padres in the show, and he's saying the team's super excited to meet Jenny because, like, what else do you say? You don't say, oh, your team thinks you're a gimmick, that your team doesn't want you here. You're going to say the team wants you to be there. They're excited to meet you. And Jenny knows what the real deal is. She, um <laughs> her response, is a hundred percent truth, and it's exactly no. They're not ticketing and salespeople. They're excited to meet me, my teammates. Seventy-five percent, I think, think I'm the next San Diego Chicken. The other twenty-five just want to see me shower. And I bet your manager thinks you should have called up Walker instead of me. And I'm just here because of all that. But none of that matters. You know why? And at this point, the owner is, like, flabbergasted almost that she just straight up said all this. So he's like, "Um, no, I'm intrigued. And she says, it's the most perfect answer ever, because today I'm the starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Because she's just like, no no amount of hate is going to change what's happening today. She's like, I'm Jenny Baker. I am the first woman to play in Major League Baseball. I'm the first woman pitcher, everything else. And the owner loves that answer so much, and you could tell it by his face. And then he tells the uh, GM that he should have let her let him send his fancy private plane to get her. Now, the conversation, or the scene switches between the owner, Jenny, and her agent to the locker room. So, Coach how Long... Luongo, played by Dan Loria, and the rest of the team, they're talking, and he's basically saying, okay, she's here for one game, sell tickets, she's only starting one game, calm down, she'll be gone by tomorrow. That's basically, like, the underlying message of his little speech. And the body language of every male player in this room is pissed. They're mad they don't want her to be here. And then they walk in and blip Sanders, played by Mo McRae, he is one of Jenny's friends from in the early days of her Padres career in the minor leagues. So he's totally fine with her being there. He like goes, gives her a hug, says that they used to play together for a season. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. My wife had other plans than living on ramen noodles. And he's like, she spends everything, Jenny. And it's just one of those little moments of humor that I loved in it. No. Al shows Jenny the the attendance room, and the attendance room is full of stuff. It's just, like, sunflower seeds, random stuff they need. And now that's Jenny Baker's locker room. And Jenny is, like, the only one that's totally okay with it. Her agent says it's unacceptable. She wants, like, the best of the best. The coach has this kind of, like, apologetic sound in his voice that he's sorry that they couldn't do more. Like, they couldn't even give her, like, a cubicle, basically. They were like, oh, we have this room. There's a little bit of space in it. And he's like, at least that has a door. And then throughout the show, they've been comparing her to Jackie Robinson. And it's the only... This moment is one of the only ones that I could tell that she visually cared about the comparison. Because the owner's like, hey, look inside your locker. And she looks at her jersey and it's number 20... I'm sorry. It's number 43... And the owner says, one up from Jackie, we thought it was fitting. And it seems to be the only one she really cares about. I don't know if it's because she finally comp- cares about the comparison, or she just cares that she's finally there like at the MLB. She has a jersey, it's official now. Now, the press conference, we get this first glimpse of someone not in sports media talking about how important this day is with Jenny's agent, Amelia, Because all these things throughout the show to this point have been, like, TVs in the background, like, Mike and Mike talking about how it's, like, ridiculous. And then another one is talking about how, uh, it's, like, the only people that are complaining about her being a woman starting in Major League Baseball is a man. Everything else. And then you get this woman, and she's just talking about how Jenny's been offered the cover of, like, Time, Sports Illustrated, and Maxim all in the same week. She's put all of her clients on hold for a pitcher, and she's never been to a baseball game. It's like she cares nothing about baseball, but she cares about Jenny Baker because she knows Jenny Baker is important and what's going to go down. And she mentions that she'll lose George Clooney, and she does not care. She's like, Jenny Baker is the most important woman in the world. She's about to start a Major League Baseball game, and it's like, she is all that matters. And she wants to be in the loop for everything that is happening with her. And we finally get to the point where Jenny walks on the field of Petco Park. And we get our first look of Mike Lawson, played by Mark Paul Gossler. And he's super straightforward, no bullshit kind of guy, telling Jenny not to talk about how she had his rookie card and he, she, he was her favorite player, because it makes her look stupid and it makes him feel old. And he's like, okay, let's go look at pitches, everything. And then, it's like, I was not expecting this to happen. I'm kind of glad that it did happen, but it was not something I was expecting. I was, either I didn't really think about it because it's so normal in baseball culture, or I just didn't think Fox was gonna go towards that route for a scene. But, duh. I call it the ass-slapping monologue, so Mike walks behind Jenny to go to the, I guess it's the bullpen. Somewhere around the bullpen. And he walks behind her and slaps her ass. Because it's what we've seen baseball players do forever. It's like, I'm 23 and I've always seen baseball players slap each other's asses. But Jenny is pissed. Like, she is so mad. Because she takes it personally on a level saying that He's just doing it to get a laugh out of the rest of the players and she's played in all these ridiculous places that he has not seen in decades and she just is there to pitch and nothing else. She's not there for a scene to deal with other people. So he stops her and he's like, I am an ass slapper. It's my thing. I slap people's asses. And he goes into a like, detailed description about a few people's asses, about how he slaps them. <laughs> and then after that, Jenny is just like, okay, with well, this charity game, did you when you played Leo DiCaprio, was it young Leo or was it old Leo? Because young Leo is probably cuter than me, but old Leo looks like a fish. And it's that kind of back and forth that made me really excited for the interaction between uh, Mike and Jenny for the rest of the season. Now, before the game starts itself, like, they've started loading fans into the uh, stadium. And Jenny goes, and she finally is starting to sign autographs on camera. And she signs a, one for a little girl. She's like, I'm going to be in the majors, too. So she's like, oh, hurry up, and one day maybe we could be teammates. And then she sees all these signs all in the area. It's like her first game, too. I'm next, Uh, congratulations Jenny, we're here for you, like all kinds of stuff along those lines. And it's like, it's great that they're supporting, but it drives kind of the nerves into the player's head. So Jenny sees all that, and I felt like the weight of what was actually happening started to weigh down on her. Because first, like, it starts out she's just a baseball player, she's a pitcher, it's another day, it's game day, everything's fine. And then she finally looks and sees all these girls that are counting on her, and it's like all their hopes and dreams are basically lying on if she does good in this game or not. Now, like, I mean, I would get nervous in high school just playing in front of my parents because I felt like if I did something wrong, I would disappoint them. So I can't even imagine tons and tons of little girls wanting someone to do good because it it could define what they want to do in their future. Because what that scene was, was what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Because I wanted to be a baseball player. I got super attached to sports when I was little. Like, my parents would probably tell you it was because I wanted to be like my brother, who was five years older than me. But there was a baseball field right around the corner from my house. Like, every summer we'd sign up for teams, go play baseball. He was an outfielder on, like, a more legitimate baseball team because he was five years older than me. And I was second base when I was played t-ball and then coach pitch. And on my coach pitch team, I was the only girl because about that age was when they had already started to separate where girls would go play softball, boys would go play baseball. But I was a damn good second baseman (laughs) and I liked baseball more and then he aged out about the same time that I was aging out of coach pitch and it was pretty much, okay, either pick softball or stop playing because they weren't gonna let me play baseball. My parents weren't gonna fight for me to play baseball. They were like, no, if you wanna play, you need to go play softball. And, you know, softball just didn't have the same appeal to me when I was a kid. Baseball was fast, it was energetic, it was unpredictable. And, you know, living in the South, gender roles were pretty cut and dry when I was a kid in the 90s. And even now, it's super hard to say okay I'm a girl but I'm gonna play a boy sport like when I was in high school this girl uh she was about I think she was in middle school she wanted to play football and they were like okay you can go dress out you can try out for the team and everything and guys would hit her harder on purpose to make her quit I'm just like why would you purposely try to injure this girl like if she's good and can handle just like normal hits That's one thing, but don't go out of your way to try to injure her to make her stop playing. And I didn't want to play softball because I didn't have this kind of connection to it. And it wasn't until I saw Jenny Finch pitching for um, the national team in the Olympics that I really started appreciating softball. And I didn't play competitive around again until I was like in 8th grade. But that's one reason I love this show so much. Because I want something in widespread media that little girls that want what I wanted as a kid have something to look at and say, see, I can totally do it. Because Jenny Baker's done it. All these people have seen Jenny Baker do it. There's nothing that is saying, I can't be a baseball player, except people and their backwards thinking minds. Now, after she sees all the girls supporting her, she's in the bathroom She overhears her team, and most importantly, she hears her captain talking shit about her through the vents. So Mike Lawson is just like, okay, whatever, she's here, she'll have a good story to tell her grandkids. And then it's the super long walk from the bullpen to the pitcher's mound. Now, in reality, it's only about 300 feet, like an average of 300 feet, but in front of 42,000 people... It can feel like five miles instead of 300 feet. Because when I played, our coach pitch team was invited to Hank Aaron Stadium with a handful of other teams to do something before the game. I don't really remember. But I remember the super short walk from the dugout to second base. And it was only in front of 6,000 people. Probably was not even 6,000. That's the total capacity of the stadium. It was maybe 2,000. And it was insane. Like My heart was beating super fast. I was the only girl on the field out of at least five teams. And I felt like there was a certain amount of judgment towards me for it. Because it's like, why is that girl out there when my son could be out there? So I'm just imagining that feeling. But like a thousand times more for what Ginny Baker must have been feeling when she steps out onto that field. And... She sees her dad in the stands, and that triggers the memories and the flashback for when she tried out for a pitcher as a kid and just blew her coach's mind because she could pitch so much better than the boys could. And she's happy, she made the team, and she says what has become or will become a normal thing for her. She says, we did it, Pop. And instead of her dad being like, yeah, it's so good, we'll keep practicing, whatever. He just says, we ain't done nothing yet. And then the nectarines come back into play. He just straight up says, girls will never be able to throw as hard as the boys because it's biology and we can't change that. And it's true. Because girls just, for the most part, won't get the same musculature as boys will. So he's like, we need a trick. We need a screwball. And he was using the nectarines to help her. And when you think about it, it's kind of perfect with how you have to throw a screwball. Because the nectarines will bruise really easily. And you can't put any pressure on the ball from your ring finger and your middle finger. So he's like, if there's any bruises or any dents from these two fingers, then you got to keep going. When you do 100 perfect, we'll try it with a real ball. And it gives you kind of a sense of instant feedback when you use the nectarines for kind of screwball practice. And then that makes the sense of all the gift baskets of nectarines from the start of the episode. Because without that, it's just kind of a random thing to give to people. And... With that flashback now, it's pretty clear that she's probably told that story dozens of times with like, oh, how did you get to learn your screwball and everything? So she starts the game with her parents in the stands. Bill Baker is acting how we would all expect him to act in this situation. He has this look of pride watching her wind up for the pitch, but he's not cheering like everyone else is in the stands. And after that, it's probably a pitcher's worst nightmare. It's ten pitches, ten straight foul balls, and three of the ten are wild pitches. Now, during this exchange of pitches, you could tell Jenny is in her head. The pressure of all the girls looking up to her, the women telling her she's an inspiration, her teammates thinking she's a joke and a gimmick, then the pressure she'd felt from her dad her entire life. With another glance to her dad in the stands, like, you know, we get another flashback. Then young Jenny Baker is completely worn out, telling her dad she's cooked, she can't throw another strike. In her mind she's probably glad she could throw it all at this point. And then Bill calls her brother down asking if he wants him he wants to help him help Jenny. And, you know, naturally a brother's gonna want to help his sister. It's just what siblings do. We wanna help each other. And I was not expecting this. Like, I was kind of expecting Him to, like, have the brother stand right on the edge of the strike zone and be like, okay, throw a strike, you're going to hit your brother. But Bill just straight up slaps his son in the face. And right after that, like, Jenny's pissed. She's, like, scared for her brother. She throws a strike. And right after, he slaps her brother. And he's like, see, you could do it when you have to. And it kind of gives that feeling that if she threw a foul, he was going to slap his son again. And that's a real fucked up kind of thing to do. Is your kid probably 10 years old, maybe 11, and you're slapping her brother, your son, right in front of her because she can't throw a pitch when she's probably been throwing hundreds of pitches all day. And that memory... Looks like it starts to trigger a kind of anxiety with Jenny. Because she can't throw a single strike. She's just throwing ball after ball after ball. And she gets Al to take her out of the game. She gets a kind of like courtesy clap. It's like, okay, you started. Congratulations. And everyone's giving her this courtesy clap except for her dad. And he just looks completely disappointed knowing she could do better. And... After the game, they're going back to the hotel. Amelia tries to console her in her own way, saying like, yeah, it was a bad day, but look at all these little girls are looking up to you. And Jenny just interrupts her mid-sentence, saying that they should find someone else to look up to. Because at this point, she feels like so down on herself that she's not going to be able to pitch. So she goes up to her room and Bill shows up, her dad. And he's going to do what he's always done. He's going to get her, and he's going to make her pitch and pitch and pitch until she's better. And Jenny starts breaking down. She says, like, he's what's wrong. And, like, she never wanted this. None of it was her choices. It was what he wanted for her. And really what he wanted for himself, because he could never make it in the majors. So she has no friends, no hobbies, just nothing but baseball. And one of the most powerful lines from the episode was, I'm a robot in cleats and I'm malfunctioning. It wasn't right what you did. Her entire life, since that first throw across the yard, has been nothing but baseball. And her dad wanting her to get to the majors to do something he could never do. And her breakdown just kind of gets the same non-reaction from her dad. And he's like, grab your glove and they go and throw more pitches for God knows how long because it doesn't show it. And with Jenny's crash and burn in her first game, it starts the business side of things with the club because baseball clubs are there to make money. That's just the natural order of things. And yeah, the Padres are the first team to call up a girl, but did they pick the wrong one? Because she only threw three pitches and then was like, take me out. And if they send her back down to the minor leagues... Then they're the first team that called up the wrong girl, and they're kind of the laughing stock of Major League Baseball. Then everything surrounding the team is all about Jenny, and she's not steering herself away from it. She's just listening to all the criticism and getting into her own head more. What I assume, she's just getting into her own head more. Until her friend, Evelyn Sanders, that's Blip's wife, by Megan Holder, shows up for a kind of girls' night in her hotel room with Bloody Marys. And while the girls' night is going on, Blip and Mike are having a boys' night at the bar. And Blip is telling her that Jenny needs help. And Mike wants his legacy. He wants a championship ring and everything. And Blip is like, She is your legacy. Because the relationship between pitchers and catchers, like, it's almost a sacred kind of relationship. You can't have these two players mad at each other or hating each other because they touch the ball every single play of a baseball game. They have to be in sync with each other. And their second, like, Jenny's second start is about to happen. We get another flashback to her state championship. And it start kind of starts to tie everything together. She's just won the state championship. Bill is still stone-faced as ever. Jenny is just happy that they won saying we did it pop and like before his response is just we ain't done nothing yet and then they get stopped by a Padre scout. Goes back to the game. There's no long walk from the bullpen this time. She just goes from the dugout. Her dad's showing a kind of smirk in his stands. She throws two foul balls and Mike is like he doesn't want a repeat of her first start. He comes up to the mound and he's kind of, like, putting her down to start off with, saying he's tired of going back to the backstop to pick up all her wild pitches. Then uh, the umpire comes in. He talks him into, like, giving him a minute. Goes straight into, like, a motivational speaker kind of mode and tells her, like, you can't aim your pitches if you're aiming to please everyone else. You do this for you or in your team, or you don't do it at all. And then he's like, oh, I'm really good at this. Mic drop. And then goes back to the home plate. And that kind of kicks Jenny into drive. And she starts throwing strikes, getting out. Camera cuts to her dad. And he's like, small nods of approval going on. Everyone else is cheering, clapping, like going crazy. And it goes on to the another inning. And they have a one-run lead. They talk about how she's already thrown two screwballs. And... Like, two screwballs in a row. So they're like, okay, she's going to throw a fastball. And she makes this ballsy move to throw another screwball. Gets the out, finishes up the inning, and gets to the point where she's done. Like, she's throwing fouls again. Al comes out to the mound because, like, it's time for her to to be done. She's thrown 95 pitches. And that's literally over nine times the amount she threw her first start. And he's like, no, I could keep going and go one more. And he's like, no, I'm the boss. You did good. The rest of us can handle it now. And he's like, "Uh, good game, Rook. Go take your bow. And then he slaps her ass. Because he's probably done it to every pitcher he's ever coached that gets off the mound. And Mike is real quick. He's like, she doesn't like the ass slapping. (laughs) And he's like, oh, good to know. And I kind of love that. Because it's like she's made it clear that she does not like the ass slapping. And now the captain and the manager both know she doesn't like it. So it's like... It kind of leads into that they're going to respect the fact that she doesn't like the ass slapping. And Jenny walks off. She takes her bow and she has to deal with a pitcher in the locker room that she took his spot, basically. And he's been bitter the whole time, saying that she's not good. She's just going to be a Jeopardy question. And Blip is like, okay, dude, calm down. Just chill. And uh, this guy is like, you know, I bet you two have been banging. So Blip gets pissed. He starts going in, fighting. And it's right after a game. So there's reporters in the locker room. And the owner comes into the GM's office later. And he's like, okay, I was about to have a nice, relaxing drink. And I get a call from a reporter asking about a brawl in the locker room. So he's like, okay, we need to replace Al. He's old. He's losing control of the players. He wants a short list to replace Al, and that is setting up another thing. Like, are they gonna replace Al? Are they gonna let him stay? Who is gonna be on this short list? Like, what's the deal going forward with the manager of this baseball team? And it's like, if they do replace Al, what's his relationship gonna be in com- relation to Jenny? Because Al and Ginny have this kind of professional relationship now since she just did so well in this game. And this new guy's going to come in and maybe not have the same kind of respect for this woman. Then we go back to the field, and an empty baseball field is probably the most quiet place you could find in a city like San Diego. And... Jenny goes out on the field. She's just kind of soaking it all in because she's finally there. She's finally done what her and her dad have worked so hard for her entire life. And when she's out on that field by herself, we get the last part of the last flashback after her championship game. And the Bakers are, like, they're done talking to the scout. They're in the truck driving home. Jenny's super happy because, on one hand, she just won a state championship. On the other hand, she it leads into the the fact for the person to believe or the viewer to believe that she just got an offer from the Padres to go into their system. Then, once again, she's like, we did it, Pop. And there's no immediate answer. There's no, like, right off the bat, we ain't done nothing yet. She just looks over at him and was like, come on. She's like, just say it once, say one time out of all these years that we finally did it. Because she's like the majors and he makes a point to say the minors because right now there's no set in stone thing that she's gonna play in the majors. He just knows that she has an offer to go into like the triple A system and the double A's and everything that the Padres own. And she looks over him at him. It's like we just got a championship. we just got an offer just one time. say we did it," and he looks over at her, and for once on camera, we start to see like a genuine smile. It's like not a big one, but just the start of what could be a real big smile and you can only assume that he's about to say, "We did it," or something like that, or he may might even be saying, "We ain't done nothing yet." But you never will get to know that, because when he looks at Jenny and they're looking at each other, you see headlights coming right at them, right at their truck, and the screen cuts to black. And right when the scene picks back up, you only see the aftermath of what is Bill Baker thrown through the windshield of their truck. And my heart broke. Yeah, this dude was an asshole. He's not a typical parent. He f- slapped his son to get a strike out of his daughter. He's forced her to do all of these ridiculous things for years to be a better pitcher, to do what he could never do. But he was still a dad and a husband and a friend to probably other people that w- were just in his life. And Jenny is there on the curb just like crying and heartbroken that her dad has just been killed right in front of her. And it goes back to present day and Jenny turns around and her dad's there. So we get a little flashback to right after that first start, instead of throwing the, her pitches to her dad like she was before, is an empty backstop. She's just throwing at him nonstop. And after every single pitch, it's just his voice saying again, like it did when she was younger. And one of the brightest smiles I saw on Jenny Baker the entire episode, like, creeps up on her face to say, We did it, Pop. And he finally gives her a smile, and the signature, We ain't done nothing yet, before she's truly alone on that field to soak everything in that she's finally done after 20 years of trying to be a pitcher in Major League Baseball. And it's like this show connects with me on such a personal level because that was what I wanted. I wanted to be... I didn't want to be a pitcher in Major League, but I wanted to be a second baseman. As I was real into baseball, was not so into softball, and I wanted to be that first woman in Major League Baseball and... I didn't have a parent that would push me or that even wanted that for me. They wanted me to do softball. They wanted me to do the super girly things. And I want girls to be able to look at this show and parents to look at this show. And I don't want the parents to do the Bill Baker route and do nothing but baseball 24-7. I want them to discuss with their kids like if they have a little girl if the girl wants to play baseball let her play baseball Eli like Monet and the Little League World Series just let them do what they want to do support them and don't put them down for wanting to do something that is not the norm wherever you are and I just have such high hopes for this show and I'm super excited for it to go on Hopefully for a minimum of four or five seasons. Like full 24 episode seasons. And I'm just excited to see what happens next with Jenny Baker. So um, that is brings us to the end of our show. We can... I'm just talking nonsense right now. Uh, be sure to catch Fox, uh, Pitch on Fox Thursdays at 9, 8 central if you've missed if you've missed an episode uh you can catch up on fox.tv/watchpitch and i've been your host Aaron Thompson you can find me on twitter at a tiny spark 22 that's all and uh have a nice day